Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the... Hello there, folks, and welcome to this 187th episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury. It's great to be with you. Thank you for clicking on the link and listening. I'm going to ask that you also, after listening to this show, please help spread the word, share the show with everyone you know. This is a big and important episode because of who we're going to be talking to and what that person is currently doing. In just a few moments, we're going to be joined by Mr. Jeff Maurer. Jeff is the Libertarian candidate running for the Secretary of State of Indiana. That's an important role specifically, specifically if you're like me, and I know that if you're listening to this, in a lot of ways you are, you're very concerned about politics, you're concerned about politics at the local level, at the state level, and at the federal level, and I will tell you that this race is important to those of us that are concerned with politics at the local and state level in Indiana, and we will get into why that is and uh, we're going to have a great program in store for you. I cannot wait to talk to Jeff, and like I said, this is going to be a show that I hope you listen to and then you share on with others because we need as many people to hear this as possible. If you all recall back in 2020 when I interviewed Donald Rainwater in May of 2020, We were able to get that ball rolling, and more and more people listened to it, and Donald picked up steam, and Donald Rainwater's campaign really, really took off after that May uh, interview, and then he really rolled into August, September, October in really a good position, and he had an amazing showing. Well, unfortunately, after Rainwater lost his bid for governor in 2020, he really quickly got behind the candidate that we're going to be talking to in just a few moments. And so this is someone that Donald Rainwater is supporting and endorsing. So if there's anyone that's out there that listens to this, if you supported Donald Rainwater, you are really going to want to consider endorsing this candidate, supporting this candidate, and voting for this candidate in the November 2022 election. It's going to be an amazing interview. I'm hoping right now we have on the schedule to talk with him today, and then we're going to have him on again, hopefully in August or September, and then again maybe at the end of October or very beginning of November. So we're going to hopefully have him on a couple times. So we're going to take our time with him and really get to know him so you all can understand who he is, why he's running as a libertarian, 
why he's running now and why he's running for Secretary of State. It really is an important position in Indiana government. Considering the Constitution, the Indiana Constitution, it is the third most, I guess how you want to say it, important, highest-ranking government official in the state of Indiana. In, in that way, it goes governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state. But beyond that, it has a lot of important functions for lots of people in Indiana. To me, one of the most important functions that the Indiana secretary of state has is it's the chief election officer of the state. And a lot of things in politics in the state and how elections work and what goes into who is doing what and who we have access to politically is based on who the Secretary of State is and what happens in the Indiana Secretary of State race. So we're going to get into all of that and a whole lot more. I think you guys are going to have a fantastic program and we're going to hopefully learn a lot and again it's going to be something that I'm going to ask that you listen to maybe listen to more than once and definitely share the show with everyone you know while we're talking about that as always along with this episode I, I want you to do that with all episodes remind folks they can find us literally everywhere we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is search for us by name. Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. They can also Google us simply by the name, or they can Google Bilbrey Podcast, which is B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. We'll pull right up that way. Or one of the easiest ways to find us is to simply... Look for the home link, which is perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. We'll pull right up that way. And then lastly, don't forget to connect with us on social media on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. There I release a lot of written content, a lot of newspaper articles, and most importantly there, five nights a week, Sunday through Thursday, either at 8.35 or 9.35 p.m., I release live video commentary where you're able to interact with me and we're able to talk about various different things. So please check that out and don't forget to remind others to check that out as well. All right, we need to take care of a real quick break. That way we can get into the interview with Jeff. So you guys sit tight. We're going to take care of a quick sponsorship. And when we return, we will be joined by Mr. Jeff Maurer and we'll get into why he is running as a libertarian for Indiana Secretary of State. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to this 187th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. Sit tight. We'll be right back. 
This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Vital Farms, established in 2007. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Vital Farms' mission is to bring ethical food to the table. They do everything they can to improve the lives of people, animals, and the planet through food. Whether it's giving the girls year-round outdoor access, supporting family farmers, enabling you to trace your eggs back to the farm, or debunking misleading animal welfare claims, you can can always trust Vital Farms to be where honest food is raised. Their pasture-raised eggs, butter, and egg bites are delicious, ethical food that you do not have to question. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Check them out at vitalfarms.com today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode 187 of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury, and joining us currently on the phone is Mr. Jeff Maurer. He is the Libertarian candidate running for Secretary of State of Indiana. Jeff, it's good to have you. Chris, it's good to be with you. So let's just jump straight into this. One of the first things that I always ask new candidates is... Why did you decide to do this? Why right now? Why is this your fight? It's an important question. So all of us have our own lives, right? We're free private citizens. We have jobs, we have kids, we have families, we have uh, our favorite hobbies, we have nice weather, cold beer to drink. Life is good. Except that when we sit back and we watch the world around us, we see things that we can't accept. And This is one of those things where I could see what was happening to our community, to our state, and certainly to our elections process, which is there's no way to understand what's happening behind the scenes. Our votes go into this black box, and we don't know what comes out of it. We don't know what truth there is. And seeing how our entire community, neighbors against neighbors, are fighting the, the animosity that we can see on Facebook and social media and everywhere else, it all comes from the fact that we can, we've can we lost our way to agree to disagree. And that's what an election is. A trusted election is our ability to agree to disagree. And when we lose faith, when we lose trust in those elections because we don't believe the truth that they present, then we lose everything else that we cherish about society. So seeing that just come apart in front of my eyes, seeing the anger, feeling the anger amongst my neighbors, that made me realize something needs to be done and it was pretty obvious just how frightfully undermanaged and mismanaged our elections are. There's, if we were treating this like a business, we would go to another business. We go to their competitor right away. We wouldn't waste another second over here. Yeah. So there are some key things that we can do to improve our elections. And no one else was doing it, which means it was time. It was my responsibility as a Hoosier, as an American, to stand up and get things done. That's why I'm running. I love hearing that, this idea that we as citizens, we as Hoosiers, have agency in what goes on in our lives, in the communities, in the state around us, is is something that really speaks to me, and I can definitely really appreciate that. So that's fantastic. Tell the listeners, if you will, why the Secretary of State's position is so important. I've been talking about this for a while now and talking about it from the elections aspect, and I want you to talk about that as well, but tell us why this position is so important and give us the different facets that 
the Secretary of State is in charge of, if you will. The Secretary of State's office is the third highest constitutional office in the state. It is written that way into the Indiana Constitution of 1816. So by pecking order, it goes governor, lieutenant governor, and secretary of state. Uh, the secretary of state's office has four main responsibilities, four main areas now. Uh, the first is the elections division, which is the, the most consumer-facing area of it in terms of being involved or accessible to every Hoosier uh, and is a service to those Hoosiers who are registered or eligible and registered to vote. The second division is the where Hoosiers might encounter this office most frequently would be the business licensing office or business licensing division. And if you wanted to start a new LLC or a new nonprofit, uh, you would ultimately register that organization through the Secretary of State's office. So that's a very administrative function. The third office is regulating uh, the auto dealers in the state. And the fourth office or fourth division is um, investigating white-collar crime, uh, securities and equities crimes that are fraud-related, uh, typically below a threshold of about $10 million. Very good. Thank you very much for that answer. I think that's fantastic, and it shows people the importance of what the Indiana Secretary of State does and why they need to pay attention to who is running and why they need to get involved with who we elect and have in that position. So you're running as a libertarian. You're not running as a Republican, which people know or they believe they know what that's supposed to mean, or running as a Democrat, which people either know or believe they know what that means. You're running as a libertarian. Why are you running as a libertarian? Can you talk to us a little bit about that and why libertarianism speaks to you? That's an important question. Uh, another one. Thank you for asking it. Your listeners may not have known this, but I grew up in a very left-leaning Democrat family. Um, I was a registered Democrat and voted Democrat for years. And the problem was that the Democrats really didn't reflect my values. And as I got older, as I got to see the issues, as I was continuously disappointed by the Democrat Party in fulfilling, in doing what they had promised to do, then I... Um, discovered and moved increasingly toward libertarianism. Uh, it was a process. It took me years, <laughs> um, but I've been been libertarian now and active in libertarian politics for years. And the truth is that the libertarian party and all parties are imperfect. Libertarian party as well, but libertarianism is the closest reflection of my values. And it's okay to change parties. It's okay to step back and say, this group no longer does yeah. what I stand for. They no longer represent who I am. And so much in the way that America is a nation or a land of opportunity for people who were fed up with the uh, monarchies and autocracies of Europe, new world and new opportunities, in many ways, the Libertarian Party is that. For people who are just fed up with the old way parties of Republicans and Democrats of this duopoly, that speaks volumes, but does nothing. Yes, yes, that is so important. The the, the uh, words versus actions, or actions versus words, the fact that we are smothered in the state of Indiana by this quote-unquote supermajority of Republicans who, in my opinion, are not Republicans, or not acting like Republicans, and it's, it's just this ludicrous, repetitive... Thing that we go through every two and every four years with these folks that are running on all of these campaign promises, 
but yet then they get in office and all they do is anything to help maintain their power. And the other side, the Democrats, they are so few and far between and of no real consequence. It just feels like we're being smothered out here in Indiana and folks don't have a choice. And it's it's really, really starting to affect a lot of people and folks just feel hopeless and it's really causing these apathetic voters, apathetic citizens, folks that just don't care. They don't feel like it matters, and they just stop engaging. And all that does is allow this quote-unquote supermajority to remain in power. And that's why it's so important that folks like you and others that are running third-party uh, specifically Libertarian uh, Party, really, it's really important because it gives folks that third choice, and we just need to get people in a mindset where they are able to understand we don't need to vote Republican just because that's what we've always done, or we don't need to vote Democrat because that's the only choice we've ever had. There are other choices, and there are other things that we can do, and this right-left debate that we're having, it's it's not really working because specifically here in Indiana, you know, I, I don't think anybody on the Republican or Democrat spectrum really has my best interest at heart and I don't think their values or at least the values of the folks that are in charge line up with my values in any way and it's it's really been a process that I've been walking through here lately and I know that there are so many other people out there just like that. Let's talk about the value of just having a third party, any third yes. party. It could even be the communist party of America. Obviously not my favorite for lots of reasons, <laughs> but but a Communist Party third place finish would change, uh, would influence the election, would truly um, change the tenor of the result. So what we have is a two-legged stool between the Democrats and the Republicans. A third leg, just like on a stool, adds a lot of stability and forces everyone to come to the gravitational center. We have a republic. It is meant to represent the will of the people. We the people. This is why we see, have so much anger and frustration, because what we hear, what we feel, what we see, what we need, what we demand of our governments is not what we're getting. And it seems that there's no way to change that, not through peaceful means. And I think that's why we see such escalation of violence in all different aspects throughout societies, because our government is failing us because it's not responsive to us. We have career politicians who've been in office for 20, 30 years and magically, nothing is different when they leave as when they've entered, and somehow they retire as millionaires, as public servants. How is that possible? Right. That's, that's what's just humiliating and an insult to all of us who are voters and taxpayers, and to hold that accountable, to have a government that works for us instead of us slaving away to pay for them. That's the frustration and inequability that we see and that causes this. So... Having a third party will bring that focus back to the center and can cause people to react and respond. So already, I think we can prove that or, or suggest that my campaign is successful on this one scale, which is talking about a printed receipt. And I'll get into lots of details of that later. 
that's something I feel very strongly about, something that is an obvious provable piece of evidence that you can say you voted and my vote was counted. When Holly Sullivan was first appointed by Eric Holcomb a little over a year ago, her messaging, you can look at this online, look it up historically, was all about, oh, our elections are the best. They are the best they've ever been. They're the best anywhere. A lot of superlatives. Now, if you listen to her, she's talking about advancing a 2030 law that would get you a receipt by 2024. And if you listen to her closely, she says that receipt or just prints a receipt, you don't get to keep that receipt. So it's sort of like going up to a lottery ticket, uh, buying a lottery ticket, and they show it to you and say, okay, you're in the lottery. If you win, trust us, we'll call you. <laughs> and, and that doesn't, I don't know about you, but right. I don't trust that much. I, I, I like, but I don't trust. Right. Um, so that's, that's a major disconnect. But in the short span of several months, she's pivoted. She has moved her messaging. She's responding to what we're challenging, which is let's get you a receipt. And, and in my, from my perspective, a receipt that you can put in your pocket, go home uh, with, and that you get to keep forever. So that's how any third party can change and influence election, even while losing everything. Sure. Not even making one percent. Absolutely, that's very important. And you know, like you said, you're able to influence what's going on and make a difference. And that's you know, no matter what happens at the end of this thing, you know, if you're able to make that influence, that's a big thing. Now, obviously, we want you to come out victorious, but you know, that is a very important message there, and people really need to understand that because so often I hear people say, "I don't want to vote libertarian because then, then that ensures the Democrat wins," or "I don't want to vote libertarian that ensures this bad Republican wins," and it's like, ah, you know, you're you're really thinking about this. So, so small-minded, but the flip side of that, obviously, is if, a, if enough people would vote and, and understand the importance of voting third party, then third party candidates could win, and they do win, and we see all over Indiana where libertarian candidates have won and will win, and it's, it's something that it's growing. It just I, I just wish it would grow a little bit faster. And hopefully with this election, you can you can come out victorious. Uh, you know, we're talking about the receipt. I think that's very interesting because at least in Delaware County, Indiana, I know this happened in a couple counties this last primary election in 2022 primary. I walked in and then when I voted, I walked out with a receipt stating that I had voted in the May 22 uh, primary election. I voted on such and such a date at such and such time and it told me that I pulled the Republican ballot. And I think that that's very important because if I pull that ballot next time and I get that ticket, there's my two... Republican ballots or the two Democrat ballots, and then now I can't be stopped when I want to run for office, which happened so many times in this last election cycle. And I went to four, five, or six different county election board meetings where they were stopping people from running. I attended the uh, big axe day down at the state when they were stopping a lot of candidates from running for state representative or state senator because they were saying, you didn't poll two Republican ballots before. You didn't poll two Democrat ballots. And there were actual candidates who were saying, 
I voted all the way since 2008 Republican, and there were a couple instances where they were saying, well, we have records that you voted, but it says undetermined here, which doesn't make a lot of sense because obviously if you go in in the primary, you have to poll a Republican or a Democrat ballot. That's your only two choices, and they even mentioned that, but then they were still wanting to use this undetermined document here to not allow these people to run. And if these people would have had the receipt that you're talking about, if they would have had this receipt that I was able to get in this last election, then they would have had that proof. That's something that people could take a picture of or could hold on to in in their filing cabinet forever so they would always have that documentation and that can't be taken away and that's why that's so important and and I actually thought that was something that was happening everywhere and so after I voted and I came out and took a picture of it and talked about it and I posted it a lot of my listeners were like hey, that's not happening here in my county. So I found out that it was something that was just happening in specific specific counties. And I was like, man, why, why can't we have this? We need this in all 92 counties in Indiana. And it's needed everywhere across the United States. But it's really important that people have this ticket and that's one of the really big parts of your campaign that I think is is very crucial. And I like hearing you say that because you've now been pushing this, that now at least one of your possible opponents is, is now pushing this as well. And that, Chris, let me add to that. Mm-hmm. So elections are really run or facilitated at the county level. It's the sure. county clerks who run elections. And remember, there are about 3,000 counties across the nation. So this is a very decentralized process, which yeah. has pros and cons, right? It's much harder to hack. The Russians have a much harder time hacking it, controlling it, because it's 3,000 different processes, 3,000 different county clerks, 3,000 different systems, and so on. Um, so there's inherent strength and resiliency in having a very decentralized system like that. However, the problem is that there's also very little standardization or control. So your sure. voting experience is probably very different from my voting experience in Hamilton County. Now across indiana about 60 60 percent of the voting machines have no paper record whatsoever Mm. once it's it's electronic only once that vote is cast that's it there's we have no way nothing to go back to and so all the promises of oh we have the greatest elections all the promises of we can audit these things we don't know because there's absolutely nothing to compare it to Mm. it's sort of like getting pulled over for speeding and the police officer says I clocked you doing a thousand miles an hour on I-465. And y- you can say, but sir, my car doesn't even go to a thousand miles an hour. Nope. Nope. My machine right. says it's a thousand miles an hour. I just audited it. It's you were driving a thousand miles an hour. Right. There's nothing to compare it to. There's no further recourse. And that is why the 2020 elections are so dangerous because it's not whether they were stolen or not stolen, rigged or not rigged. The problem is that there's no way of knowing. Right. That's what I'm trying to fix. That is why I got off the couch and I'm running for secretary of state because we need to fix our elections so that we can audit them, so that we can trust and verify our votes. Uh, like I said a moment ago, this is this is just something that t- to me is the absolute most important thing facing us currently 
when talking about elections and and politics in in our small communities in the state as as Hoosiers and then across the country as Americans this is just something that is very important and to me is something that all candidates running for this position in Indiana and then in other states this should be you know the most important aspect to them and to the voters and i think that the citizens out there need to understand how important this is would you say that this is the biggest aspect of your campaign this is what you guys are hitting on or or how do you guys break that down you know percentage wise is this the biggest thing that you guys are focusing on or how do you decide that what what's you know what how do you look at that yes the, the longer answer is, yes, there are the four divisions, as we talked about. Um, those are all important functions sure. of the office. However, we can't have civil society yeah. if we can't, if we're not, if we don't give, if the governed don't give their consent to be governed. Absolutely. Going back to our declaration, our constitution, it is the consent of the governed that allows for government to function. We grant government the right to serve us. And if we don't consent, and we consent through our elections, and if we don't trust our elections, then we don't consent, and then we have nothing. Everything else becomes invalid or can become invalid. So we have to get the core of this right. We have to be able to trust our elections. We have to be able to agree to disagree that the officials who end up being elected still are duly authorized elected representatives of the people. And without that agreement, then we have far greater problems. So having elections that we can trust is the single most important issue. That comes down, it starts with the receipt free vote, but there are a lot of other things that we need to have. We need to have uh, a fuller auditing process, a more complete auditing process. We need to be able to audit back to a paper receipt of one kind or another, not just the digital to digital. Um, and then we need to have an audit that's completed before elections are certified. When you think about this, this is extra crazy. The Secretary of State's office certifies elections months before we have an audit. That's absolutely mind-blowing. How, how could you do that? The free markets don't do that. You right. don't publish, uh, a company doesn't publish all of its financials and uh, to Wall Street and then say a year later, oh, we audited it, they're fine. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We've, got, we've got the cart before the horse here. If people really took a second to get educated about this stuff, they would they would really be blown away at how crazy some of this is. And this is why folks need to listen to this. And this is why, if you're listening to this interview, ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, please share this with other folks so they can hear how important this race is. And, and I'm going to tell you, we'll take a look at the other candidates, but I am just openly supporting Jeff because he is my candidate and I feel like he offers the best out of the other field of candidates, the Republicans and the Democrats. They'll pick their specific candidates on June 18th, 2020, and whoever the Republicans and whoever the Democrats pick will face him then in November. But I've already looked into all of the field, and Jeff is, in my opinion, the 
number one candidate running head and shoulders above everyone else, and this is who needs to be our next elected Secretary of State. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will be talking more to Jeff and answering some more questions and getting down to the nitty-gritty of some of what happens because his race has the chance to affect Indiana politics in a lot of different ways. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to this 187th episode of Perception is Reality. We are joined by Mr. Jeff Maurer, the Libertarian candidate for Indiana Secretary of State. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Aurora Frames. From photo to frame, enjoy all your memories with ease. Share 10,000 plus photos and videos worry-free with no storage limit. They also allow you to easily invite family and friends with the Aurora app, and you don't have to mess with a memory card or subscription fees. Aurora helps you keep your photos secure and makes it easy to control who has access to your frame. They're meticulously calibrated for color and brightness, and their state-of-the-art color display eliminates screen fatigue and ensures your photos look like the real deal. Check out Aurora Frames at www.auroraframes.com. That is A-U-R-A-F-R-A-M-E-S.com. Check them out today. Let me tell you about my friends at Reliable Plumbing Services, Mr. Mark Bolin and Miss Sherry Sheline. After 28 years' experience, they can handle all all of your plumbing needs. Whether you're talking about new water lines, general plumbing services, toilet install and repair, sewer drain services, sewer locating, sewer installation, and much, much more. They offer senior citizen discounts, military discounts, and if you tell them that you heard this advert on Perception is Reality, they will give you a hell of a deal. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the market for reliable plumbing services, then you must call Mark and Sherry at Reliable Plumbing Services. The home office number is 765-252-3665. That is 765-252-3665. Call today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode 187. We are joined on the phone by Mr. Jeff Maurer, the Libertarian candidate running for Secretary of State of Indiana. Jeff, before the break, we were talking about the very important aspect of the Secretary of State's power and what the Secretary of State does. You have a lot of very important roles that you will perform as Secretary of State concerning Indiana business and and people who are getting into business will will deal with you and dealing with the white collar uh, crime investigations like that that you said that's very important but again I've got to keep coming back to this voting aspect and the election aspect of your office and and why that is so important I feel like people just they 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 either don't understand or they they've never really knew this so so it's something that they don't even really think about and and kind of like you said before we went on air when we were talking before we 
we hit the record button, you had mentioned that this was one of the less sexy kind of campaign or political offices to talk about. And honestly, you know, I can see why people would say that, but I, I think it's probably one of the most sexy, most important things to talk about because of the the responsibility that there is with the elections and and what that means to Hoosiers and and why we really need to to care about this and we we kind of talked about you know what what you're wanting to do and and I want to get into that a little bit more here here in a bit but if you can come back to what goes on on election day because I want to make sure people are aware of how important this race is in a lot of ways if you, if you would talk about what goes on uh, on election day if you hit certain percentages what happens or, or what doesn't happen and why it's very important for folks to support you and to get out during the general election this fall and and to cast their vote for you all this is directed by indiana state law so sure. this is going to be different from other states but here in indiana our state laws essentially dictate that the top two parties uh which is a carve out for the democrats and the republicans um, when they become majority minority parties any party that achieves 10 percent or more of the general vote in the general election for the secretary of state's office gets ballot access um, in the primaries and any party that gets two percent or more general election for the secretary of state's office gets ballot access in the general election only the Libertarian Party is the third largest party in the state. We have held and maintained two, at least 2% uh, ballot access for the general elections since 1994. Okay. We have not yet achieved 10%, which is indeed one of the goals. Uh, if we win, then we get at least 10%, right? Sure. Um, but that 10% mark um, would open up the Libertarian Party to getting into the primary elections uh, for the next four years. And when this is where Democrats and Republicans have an inside and uh, unfair advantage in the sense that when the state hosts a primary election, by the way, based on estimates from the Secretary of State's office, hosting or running an election costs between five and seven million dollars. Right. These are payer funded public elections that serve private parties. Yeah. And in that sense, libertarians have been living our truth in that we have, we're have a private organization. Libertarian Party is a private organization, just like the Democrats and Republicans are private organizations. And we don't ask for the taxpayer to pay for our private convention. So we vote for our candidates at a private convention that we pay for out of our own funds. Sure. The Democrats and Republicans ask for the taxpayer to pay for uh, their, their voting mechanism, which is the primary election. Um, and then, of course, the, the really important roles, like the Secretary of State's office, aren't even on the ballot right. for, for in the primary. That all goes through their convention, and then they have a better, far greater control over candidates and votes because only their thousand-ish delegates get to vote at their respective conventions. Right. So you're welcome, taxpayer, uh, for paying another 5 to $7 million for what's really a dog and pony show 
so that the Democrats and Republicans can actually make the important decisions behind closed doors at their respective private <laughs> conventions. That all seems unfair. But the other advantage that Democrats and Republicans have in being part of the primary is that because it's uh, our primaries by state and state are open, you anyone can walk in and say, I'm a Democrat. I intend to vote mostly Democrat in the general election. I would like a Democrat ballot here in the primary so that I can vote for primarily Democrat candidates. And that information, not not who they vote for specifically, but the fact that Mr. Smith pulled a Democrat ballot is information that the Secretary of State's office does give to the respective parties. So what happens is the Democrats and Republicans know who their base is. They know who's pulling their ballots in the primaries. They know exactly who's showing up to vote and is almost certainly one of their uh, base members. Libertarians and every other party in the state have no such access. You know, and that's one of the things that unless you've actually been a candidate or you have worked with a candidate that you really don't know, and that is kind of the unfair advantage that the Republican-Democrat candidates and specifically the beautiful people that are in the cliques inside these, you know, city and county political parties, the 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 special things that they're able to get, which gives them a little bit extra boost when running for office. And it's, it's really quite ridiculous that you as a citizen listening to this can't get pissed off because of something that's going on and decide that you're going to run and make a difference. And just because you're running and, and, and you're out there and you're, you know, raising funds and putting signs out and knocking on doors, you don't have the same tools that, say, the Republican uh, puppet has or the Democrat puppet has. Or if you're the Libertarian, you know, you're out here not really knowing who the base is. You've just got to contact anybody. Whereas the Republicans during the primary, they're aware of who their bases, so they can spend their money very wisely contacting just those that they know are their base that will be voting, and then they can know who the swing voters are that they can kind of target as well. But if you're an outsider Republican or an outsider Democrat or you're a Libertarian, you don't have that same access and... You know, I'm not going to say that an outsider can't win because that doesn't happen. It happens all the time. Third-party candidates win all the time, and it's because of the dedication and the work they put into it and the word of mouth and the grassroots effort that gets involved, and that's what we are very much a part of here and my listeners are a part of, and, and I love that aspect, and that's what we're trying to do is to make that more plausible to make it to where, you know, everyday citizens can say, I'm fed up with this. I've had enough. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to run and I'm going to make my community better and then have a real chance at being able to do that. It would be a little easier if there was a little bit better playing field and it was more even across the playing field and we were all able to use the same tools to help ourselves out that those 
quote-unquote beautiful people have on the Republican side or the Democrat side. And it's it's really crazy to think that it's it's not something that's fair like that. And with you running like this and 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 making this a possibility, you know, it just kind of evens the playing field in my mind a little bit. There's no magic silver bullet sure. for Republicans and Democrats to control elections, to control their candidates and to control their outcomes. But they have hundreds, if not thousands of these small silver BBs yes. that they use. And getting access to primary data or primary election voter data is a huge, is one of those big ones. Gerrymandering is another key tool that they use for controlling their candidates and the results of elections based on those candidates. And when you add up all these hundreds and thousands of little silver BBs, all the little things that they do, all those little unfair advantages, they add up. Sure. These are, remember, and this is, um, I've got an op-ed that's running in paper newspapers across the state right now. Uh, it was actually just published in the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette yesterday uh, that it's an unfair playing field. The Democrats and Republicans are the same, the same people who are competing on the field are the same people who designed the field, built the field, and referee the field. <laughs> yes. Right. And, and that's pretty unfair. And more than that, it's all disadvantaged to anyone else and sure. everyone else. Right. Absolutely. So they get to, because they make the rules in the General Assembly, they then enforce the rules to the Secretary of State's office, and then they're the candidates who, um, who run. It's like if you try to compete against them, if this were a football field, they get to move the goalpost and the referee gets to call it. And sure. you're left there what you thought were on the, the 50 yard line. And turns out you're on the, the 75 all of a sudden. <laughs> right. So, right. And, and you can't do anything about it. And that's where this, this concept of duopoly. And I think the frustration of so many people in, to your point, people who have good intentions and want to make a difference, who are willing to take action uh, to improve their communities, serve their neighbors. They can't because right. The system is designed against them. You can't just stand up and say, I'd like to run for office because you need to show and demonstrate through all these hoops and checkboxes oh, yeah. your, your loyalty and fealty, you know, that you will serve the party and well, that they can depend on you to be a, a obedient lapdog. That yeah. is the problem. And so if you wanted to ask what's a libertarian, a libertarian is not a lapdog. That is a really good way to look at it, specifically talking about here in the state of Indiana when we see this quote-unquote supermajority and so many of those that are in the Republican supermajority, the establishment, that's the best description for them that I could even begin to think of. Lapdogs, I think that's fantastic. And the fact that there's a libertarian that's in this race you voters out there can be guaranteed that this man is not beholden to anybody on the right or the left, the establishment of either one of these parties. And this man is going to be doing what is best for the citizens of Indiana because he's not beholden to any of the establishment or any higher-ups in any given party saying, well, you need to do this or do that just to fit into the establishment or just to fit in with the party to help keep power in the party. He is beholden to the citizens and the Constitution of the state of Indiana and the Constitution of the United States of America. And I think 
the problem with a lot of all of this is is that people are just absolutely sick and tired of how they are being treated by members of both parties. There they are people out here that are Republicans that have been Republicans for a long time that are now saying I am tired of how the so-called Republicans are treating me. And or there are people out here that are Democrats and have been Democrats for a long time and they're saying I don't even recognize my Democrat party and I'm tired of how they're telling me I have to believe because I don't value what they're telling me that I need to value. And people out there are getting so fed up with all of it because the people that are in power are representing ideas and principles that just don't align with what the everyday Hoosier believes whether they're Republican or Democrat or wherever they fall. And so realistically, the majority of the people listening to this and the majority of the people out there just living an everyday life, if they honestly took a second to think about this and to evaluate where they fell, what they thought, what they believe, and look at what these two parties are saying that they believe, and looking at how these two parties are acting. Because it's, it's like you said earlier, actions speak louder than words. So the Republican Party, we'll just take them, for example, because to me, they are the biggest culprits right now, having the supermajority. They're out here saying one thing, but they're acting completely different. And for those of us that have considered ourselves Republicans for a long time, we're like, wait a minute. These actions and words don't match up, and the actions do not speak to the values that I have in my heart and in my mind, and it just makes me feel like I'm left behind, and I know I'm tired of it, and I know that there are Democrats that are sick and tired of it, and it's it's just, it's really, really frustrating. Um, You're right. The people who are so frustrated that they're ready to run mm-hmm. are the people who are going to challenge the establishment, right. who are going to challenge the status quo, right? and that is why it's almost impossible to make any changes within the Democrat or the Republican parties. Sure. Because they're just, they're about control. They're not about change. And if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, I personally welcome you and all of your listeners to Libertarian Party where we are not beholden to those things, where we do want change, where we can step forward boldly and bravely and act upon our values to insist upon the changes that will benefit us and let us live more freely. We practice the golden rule. We're, we're, our branding, our colors, our logos are all gold. One, because we like the gold standards, but two, because we practice the golden rule. We want to live and let live. We want to let you live your life. We don't care what you choose, what you choose to do for yourself, but as long as that doesn't impact me, and we ask you to treat us the same way. Very good. I, I, I think that's a wonderful a wonderful way to live. Let me ask you, earlier we were talking about the key aspects of your campaign and you were bringing up the receipt and I was talking to you about how I was able to get that in my 
county when I voted, and that's not in all counties, or it's not everywhere in the United States when we vote, unfortunately. And I know that you said that that was a big aspect of your campaign. Let's talk a little bit about what you're doing with that, if, if we can. This is the key thing. This is where we start. And this is, you asked where my the focus of the campaign will be. This is it. Of all the many, many issues that we need to address, this is the starting point. And that's to get you a printed receipt for your vote uh, for everybody, not just you in, in your county, but for everybody in all 92 Indiana counties. Just like going to get a lottery ticket, it's something that's proof that you have, that you can take home, that you can look up. And so if we are ever to really audit, truly audit the elections and have trust in those results, that we are then able to verify that with a paper trail. And we have, think about it, for all the other times when government controls us, whether we get a speeding ticket by a police officer, whether we get a letter from the IRS, there is something in writing from the government. It's just crazy that the one time that we are going and we're in control of what's going on and we're making the decisions that we don't get that slip of paper letting us have a receipt which shows proof that we were there and that we you know paid our admission we we took the ride more or less you know we we cast our vote and this is the proof it's it's something that we should have and and it i i can't believe that we are where we are at in history and we're still talking about this let me ask you, does implementing something like this across all of Indiana's 92 counties, does it cost lots and lots and lots of money like people would assume it would? Is it something that you guys have already worked out? Like, what's your thought on that and what do we citizens need to expect if something like this goes forward? I mean, let's be clear, something like this needs to go forward but what's it going to cost? So the Secretary of State's office has made projections that these printers will cost $1,500 each, which will obviously make it very expensive. However, uh, if you look, you go to any food truck or any hairstylist or pretty much anybody with a square reader, sure. you can get a printed receipt. These machines are out there. They're off the shelf. Um, sure, they need to be brought up to security standards for an election, but these aren't $1,500 units. The technology exists. It's ubiquitous and available. We can adapt it. We don't need to first invent a printer. So <laughs> yes, it costs more than no receipts. But let me also ask you this question. If there's one time the entire year when you deserve a receipt, when there should be some documentation, let's spend, let's invest in that yeah. trust. Let's invest in an election that we believe in. Let's invest in resulting political officials and representatives who we consent to have as our representatives, let's invest in us. That's what a printer does. Absolutely. I'm, I'm down for it. With all of the things out there that we spend and or more appropriately say that we waste money on, all of the things that we waste <laughs> money on this is something that I'm saying we need, and maybe we ought to reevaluate what we're spending this other money on and say, hey, let's uh, spend on this. Like you said, it's investing in ourselves, and, and I, I don't see any greater um, 
any greater thing that we could be doing uh, until this is taken care of. This is definitely something that I am on board for. I, I think it's it's fantastic. And and I'll be honest, you know, if this was in place all across America in 2020 or before, I don't know. I, I'm, in fact, I'm pretty sure that we wouldn't have a lot of the issues that we're having in our country today. We would not have... A lot of these issues because we would have had a way to say, okay, I was there, I was here, this is what I did. And it, it answers a lot of questions which we will never really be able to answer at this point because there is no receipt at the end of the day. We can't, you know, prove that we were there and, and did what, you know, we're claiming whichever way you go there. I mean, how many more times will this cause issues for us, either in America or quite possibly here in uh, the great state of Indiana? This is a really important point. There is a legal liability for us not doing this. If we can't prove the, the veracity and outcome of our elections with an audit, a verifiable audit trail, then we can be sued by other states. And we saw this happening after the 2020 elections, remember? Yeah. So if we need to do this to protect ourselves legally and to protect ourselves from lawsuits from other states who arguably may have better election processes and, and better auditability of their elections, they could look to us if Indiana ends up being the swing state that decides an election uh, for a federal office, like a presidency, let's say, then we could be sued by all the other states for not being up to standard, not having elections that we can truly audit and sign off on. So we have to get this right. I cannot believe that the year is 2022, and this is something that we're talking about that it's just not, that it's, it's not, it's not a reality yet. It hasn't been a reality. I think that's, I think that that is nuts, and it's something that should scare the hell out of the voters, and it's, it's definitely something that should drive the voters uh, in in your direction to to check you out to to look about what you're you know what what you're all about and and to vote in this race this is definitely a race that the citizens of Indiana need to understand is of major importance and they need to see this as being important it's something that all of you listeners need to understand and definitely take stock of and please i mean this with all sincerity please share this episode and all others that i will hopefully do in the future with jeff mauer share these episodes with anyone and everyone that you know that lives in Indiana, anybody that you know is a voter, and anybody that could be a potential voter, because everyone needs to hear this information and understand the importance that this office plays in politics and making things better, hopefully having the opportunity to make things better in Indiana when it comes to elections and election security and election viability and and the truth in the election and being able to trust 
in the election process. This is all very, very important, and this is something that we cannot just fluff off on, that this is, is something that we need to take as very serious. And I've absolutely loved being able to talk with Jeff in this episode, and I, I know that we have scheduled with his team a few other days later in the future that we hope to have him on and be able to discuss various other aspects of the office and his campaign. So I look forward to having you on again in the future, Jeff. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you if folks want to find more information and find out more information about you, your campaign, what you're about, and if they want to help, if they want to donate, if they want to find out where you will be at upcoming events, let them know all of that. And I want to say, I'll put all of that information in the description of this episode so everybody will be able to find it there, and I'll have all the links there that you can click on. But go ahead, Jeff, and tell everyone where they can find you all over the Internet and how people uh, can get in contact with you and learn more about you and support you. Well, thank you. So, Chris, uh, the short answer is more for Indiana. That's M-A-U-R-E-R for Indiana, all spelled out, dot com. Uh, from moreforindiana.com, you could find Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and so on, um, and all the different social connections there. And I know we've talked a lot about partisan politics, but one thing I, I want to really close on is that everything we've discussed today is truly nonpartisan. Sure. This is not a policy issue. This is about who we are as Americans. This is about having elections that we can trust. Everyone from every party, every political place anywhere on the spectrum benefits from having free, fair, audit verified elections. So I ask everyone to step forward who has common sense and believes in the sanctity of secure secret elections that let's work together to achieve that. I couldn't have said it better myself. Jeff, I'm so thankful that you were able to talk with us in this episode, and I definitely look forward to talking to you in the future and look forward to meeting you out there on the campaign trail. You have uh, been an absolute pleasure to speak with. Wonderful, Chris. Thank you again for having me on, um, and to all your listeners, thank you for listening, and I look forward to meeting you across the state. And truly step forward, come shake hands. I'm a normal person just like you. Let's get this done together. <laughs> you got it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this 187th episode of Perception is Reality. Please remember to share the show with everyone you know. This is my guy for this Indiana Secretary of State race. I will be casting my vote for Jeff Maurer, the Libertarian candidate running for Indiana Secretary of State. And then, of course, I'm asking for you all to consider Jeff as you consider who you're going to vote for in the Indiana Secretary of State's race come this November election. If you have any questions for him, don't hesitate to look him up and ask him. His team is wonderful. He's easy to talk to. You can look him up on his website, on Facebook, and you can find all of that information 
below in the description of this episode. You can also find him just by searching him on the internet. He's very easy to get in contact with. I also did include an email address to his team in the description so you can email them directly. And then, of course, don't forget, we will be talking to him at least two other times in the future. I believe once in either... August or September, and then again in October or right before the election in November. So if you guys have any other questions and you would want to shoot them to me for those interviews, I would be happy to ask them as well. All right, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. Be safe. God bless. I'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. Until then... Stay safe, stay tuned, and stay true. Goodbye. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318. And on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.